and welcome to another episode of Trash, Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and sometimes recommendations of whatever we read that week. So, Amy, being in charge of things, what did we read? We read Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake by Sarah McLean. What a great title, Sarah. Great job. That was what first you know, grabbed us. We saw it at the newsagent yeah, in one of those did. like $3 yeah. boxes and we're like, ooh, good title. That's funny. Let's do it. Lady Calpurnia Hartwell is wealthy. She's got lots of advantages, but she is now 28, unmarried, thinks herself to be very plain, totally a spinster. Yeah. And her little sister has just made this dazzling alliance to a duke. She's very beautiful and wonderful. And Calpurnia has this sort of like crisis, like midlife crisis moment where she goes, I never, I never do anything. She overhears her sister and her sister's fiance saying, she's just so passive. Should we, you know, we can have a room for her in our house. What do we do about Calpurnia? And she goes, I can't live like this anymore. And her brother says it too in the the same kind of within sort of two days or maybe even the same evening. Her brother is like, why do you let them chase you out of ballrooms? Why do you let them irritate you? Why why do you be so polite and so miss-ish? Why do you accept wallflowering? Yeah, and she sort of is like, well, this is the way you have to behave. And he's like, yeah, to attract a husband and you're quite old now. So maybe that's not what's going to happen. Maybe like, what you would should you do? take some risks. Yes. He was like, what would you do if you could do whatever you wanted to do? And that that plus the sister leads to the writing of the list. And on the list, um, Calpurnia, or Callie as she's called because she thinks she has a very silly name, she writes some challenges to herself. Like, I'm going to drink some scotch. I'm yeah. going to smoke a cheroot. I'm going to fence. Yeah. Things like this. Can you take over now? So the other side of it is one of the the first thing on her list is kiss someone or be kissed passionately. Yes, be kissed dash dash passionately. And so she it's important. It is. So she is trying to decide on that first night. This is very early on who she should go and kiss. Like that's the first one she decides to tackle. But she chooses. She's harbored. Oh yeah, we're getting there. Oh okay, good. She chooses that one because it's a challenge, and she since the so the prologue of the book is her in her very first season, and her mother dressed her hideously, and she was very buxom and round, so she was unattractive and plain and polite and boring by Ton standards. So she did not. She was not a success on the marriage market, and there was a rake at that time called. I want to say Gabriel. Gabriel St. John Marquess Brand. of Ralston. And he was like a total libertine of having like, you know, wild, wild dancing with mistresses. People. Yes. And-, and so she runs into him in the garden. He's on his way to a tryst and he basically is like kind of just flirts with her. And in her childish girlishness, she falls head over heels in love with him and then harbors this love of him all the way through all of her failed seasons and into, well, I think she's like 26? She's 28. 28 when we meet her here. And she's still kind of in love with this guy in her brain, in a very girlish kind of way, right, in in love with the idea of him. And she acknowledges that yeah, too. she's got a fondness for yeah. romance novels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so she decides that he's the one who should kiss her and pretty much turns up at his house and is like in the middle of the night and is like... 
I want to kiss. And basically at the same time, (laughs) the other side of that coin is that St. John and his brother, Nicholas, who are twins, have discovered – so their mother had a scandal and ran away from home. And they've discovered that when she ran away, she went and had another family in Italy and had a daughter to that husband. So she ran off to Italy and had – got married again. So Juliana isn't actually illegitimate in Italy, but is kind of considered that in England. And she, her father has now died. Their mother is dead. And so her father left instructions that when upon his death, Juliana be sent to her brothers in England. And so that's what's happened. She has been kind of dropped on their doorstep and now has to be introduced to the Tom. And Gabriel has been thinking about this problem of what do I do like, how do I introduce her <laughs> and to then the ton? And Lady then Lady Calpurnia turns up. And she is, according by all outward kind of opinions, is very proper and prim and very on the shelf and very much a spinster and kind of... Well-connected. Very well-connected. Her, her family name is very, very, very old and respected. So, and her d- sister is marrying a duke. So, all of this, she's the perfect candidate. And so, basically, they strike up a bargain where he will give her the first thing on her list, her passionate kiss, if she agrees to introduce Juliana to society. And that, all that happens there, like, so the rest of the book then is really just, that's how they're thrust together, is this bargain that they make <laughs> on her first kind of list night. <laughs> thrust together. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, and that's kind of the story then. She wants to keep completing items on her list. He ends up kind of – their lives are now intertwined, so he obviously is the love interest and they just keep kind of ending up in each other's space and that's it. Is that it? It's never it, Well, (laughs) I feel like the rest of the story – I always – anytime we do romance Romance novels, novels. I'm always like – it's and the you know what happens now, well, Rita. Because then the question about like the obstacle always comes into the would you recommend it. Yes, that's right. But so, did you like how I started and then when I gave could feel myself getting too verbose, I passed did, it to you. you was did that good? Really well. Oh, it was yes, very thank good. You. Okay. Well and I didn't even say that it's a Regency romance novel. No, you didn't you didn't give us a historical background of um, what's going on politically. Very difficult. I guess I'm gonna let you go first because I'm feeling particularly generous. Off you go. Thank you. Not that it's, you know, such a departure from the norm for me to go first. No, no, but I do feel like we actually shared the spoiler-free recap. So you can go first. So would I recommend it? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I would recommend it. Sure. It's very, very silly. So silly. But it is fun. I've been enjoying reading it over the past week in little, you know, little tiny bursts. But... What I have noticed is, like, the first time I read it was about 15 years ago or something. It was a long time ago. Maybe not quite 15 years ago, but it was some time ago. And now I'm rereading it almost as if the first time. Yeah. And it has been – I would say that it's a lot more easy to put down. Sure. So it's not – sometimes I pick up a romance novel and I'll stay up till, like, 3 a.m. because I'm like, I just got to finish it. It's quick enough. 2 a.m.'s not that late. Yeah, sure. This one, not so much. I feel okay putting it down and then returning it to the next way because it has that sort of (laughs) very obvious predictability. So, yeah, my overall summary is, yeah, I would. It's fun. It's very silly. I think there are are some bits in it that I don't think were necessarily helpful – all required to the story. For instance, what they start doing is you can see that this book is going to have two sequels. Yes. 
and, oh, and it's very, very, very clear who the two sequels are. And there are a couple moments in the book where they get distracted by setting up the next thing. Yeah. Like they follow Juliana. And I found the narrative really switched really abruptly. And I was like, what's this doing here? Yeah. This yes. sort of oh, in the bookshop. In the bookshop. Yeah, and you're sure. like, that's actually not central to the narrative between Ralston and Callie. So just just stick with that. Yeah, sure. And then there are some bits where, you know, like every time she gets kissed, it's not like any other kiss they've shared before. No, none of their kisses are ever like any other kiss that they've shared before. And that phrase <laughs> did tire me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I was slightly so I, and and sometimes you in our previous reviews you'll go, if you're gonna just read a romance novel, would I recommend that you read this one? Yes, of course. And then that made me think, no, if I was just gonna recommend you read a quick silly romance novel, I'd actually probably recommend you read The Dreaming of You, Derek Craven, over this, yeah, because right. of the reason that the obstacles at times, the sort of obstacle against them being together yeah, and the sort of continuing pursuit of her list, yeah, the motivation didn't really feel as developed. So, and then it picks up again. Yeah. But there's this sort of bit in the middle where I was going, why is she still going forward with the list? And then when you get to about 75% through, I was like, okay, and then it's sort of – so there's there's – I think it's weak – as a novel in the middle. Sure, okay. But the premise and the end, like the first quarter and the last quarter, or the first act and the third act, yeah. are really fun and silly. So overall, yes, I would recommend it. Gosh, that's so that's an in-depth analysis of that Well, I don't want to say yes, I'd absolutely recommend it, and then you'd read it and you'd be like, oh, a bit slow in the middle. I'm being transparent. Yeah, okay, fair yeah. enough. Okay. And so you. See, yes, I would recommend it, quite happily recommend okay. it, because I liked all the characters. I thought everyone was nice. I actually thought their motivations were pretty clear. She just feels unlovable, and everything that's ever happened to her up to this point makes her believe in a very real way that she could never kind of... She's more believable. So I found his kind of that male, I don't want to admit, admit I'm in love kind of barrier and her you could never possibly love me barrier. I felt they worked nicely together. Mm. They weren't particularly complex. They felt yes. like kind of very real, very simple foibles that human beings fall into a lot and they just had an unfortunate pairing of foibles that meant it made it really hard for them to move forward because hers was... I couldn't, you, someone like you could never love someone like me. And his was, I don't do love. So it kind of worked really effectively. So the reassurance she needed, he was never going to give. So it felt like quite a nice barrier, I thought, to get over. I do know what you mean about the list taking quite a long time, but the list was the challenge. And to give that up in place of, a man she's met is as bad as having given up all of those dreams all of 28 years of her life in the face of the expectations of society. So that was she never articulated it. clearly, though. But I feel like that's implied. Mm. The reason she was doing the list is because as a woman, she had been hamstrung all her life. And now she was like, actually, you can shove your reputation. I've stopped caring. But... If, if if then him being like, oh, we could be a couple, meant she was like, oh, great, then I don't need my list. Like, it was about personal freedom. And she had to go on that journey kind of separate of falling in love with him. Yes, she's – okay, I've thank you for talking this out because I've worked out the bit that, act, that irked me about the list. And yeah. it was that I need to go on this journey for personal freedom. I've been, you know, so good for so long. But then in the daytime, because she's supporting Juliana – 
she's to him, how dare you have a sullied reputation? It's reflecting badly on your sister. Yes. And those bits with her, no, I won't be caught out. I don't care if my reputation ruined. And then going at him for your reputation is going to impact a sister. Yeah. That irrita- That was what irritated me about the Fair list. Enough. Like if that meant so much to her that she was... It was inconsistent, but that, yeah, I feel they... like people when they fall in love are inconsistent. Yes. I felt like those kind of fights that they had, which were never really about... She was never fighting with him about his reputation. She was fighting with him because he was seducing her in bits and pieces as they went along <laughs> and then still sneaking out of the opera to go hang out with his mistress. Is that which... a spoiler? No. <laughs> Because you said he had opera mistresses. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I get what you mean, but I was able to excuse a lot more of that, for t- I think, for two reasons. Okay. One, because it was, I think, people don't act very rationally sometimes. Yeah. And I got how all of their stuff was was clouding their judgment in those moments. And two, unlike you, I think I read this in 24 hours. Right. So do you think the problem is that I haven't been going at it like I normally would with the trash? The novel? way that you gave your review just then like blows my mind in terms of trashy novel town normally you're so much normally more... I, I sit i smush it and i go bang 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 bang. and you're bang. like yeah my like i enjoyed it it was fun the end what else do i want from a sarah mclean novel finished whereas this was like well the first act was fine the third act good the middle slow here's why like i just was <laughs> <laughs> but it's been very long... serious it's we haven't a read long one time the last, that's my point the last Romance novel we read was the new Anne Gracie. Yes, and I think I agree with you. Not agree with you necessarily, but as in I think I understand what happened to you and how the same thing happened to me but had a different result. Yeah. Because I hadn't read one in so long, I was really looking forward to just an easy read. Yeah. Particularly because the last couple of things we've read I haven't loved. And so I've, I just wanted to do something that was easy and I didn't have to slog my way frothy through and frothy and, and silly, silly and, and fun. And quite and it simple. definitely is. It's simple, yes. it's silly and fun. And, and the even though I found nice. all the characters are really nice and likable, uh-huh. and even though I found some bits. Oh, it's melodrama in the extreme. Too melodramatic it also has, and inconsistent. It I also still has two or three it. endings, easily two or three <laughs> endings, where I was like, why? Like the whole, la- the very last bit, it was fine. I re- I did, re- in, this, in the context in which I read it, I yeah. really, really enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Okay. So I'm not selling it as, if someone said, I just want to read a romance novel and I've never read one before. This is not what I'm recommending that they read at all. All. No. But if you're like, I've read a thousand romance novels and I just am looking for a new, silly, frothy, semi-melodramatic thing to read, this absolutely ticks that box. Yeah. It really does. And as I was reading through it, because again, it was like reading it for the first time, as I was reading through it, I was like, oh my goodness, I do happen to remember that the next two are okay too. I have read Yeah, I, I remember when I first read it, I then read the next two in very rapid succession. Yeah. I think I read the last one in the bath. Yeah. From beginning to end, it was yes. the longest bath ever. But it's also but they're it was... not very they're not very challenging no. books. But they're fun and they fill a void. And I, the only thing I will say that I felt when it dragged, the list quickly becomes a vehicle for them to have sexy encounters. Yes, it does. And I did feel that there were probably a couple of list items that could have been knocked off at the same time as each other, but they weren't because we narratively wanted to spread out the sexy times, of which there is quite a lot in a Sarah McLean versus, say, a Julia Quinn. There is more 
there's definitely more seducy, sexy times going on. But whatever. It's what it is. Enjoyed it's it. what you kind of expect. I'm definitely, it's definitely trashy. So trashy. <laughs> uh, it is, I would say it is a piece of trash I keep in my house because in terms of So you treasure it? It's a slightly treasured trash? It's kind of treasured trash, I guess. It's like that thing you bought from a $2 shop or from Aldi that you are, or the very cheap shoes you've purchased that you are going to be heartbroken <laughs> when inevitably they die, but you only paid five bucks for them. So you know it's coming. So yeah, it's kind of like that for me. I think it's definitely, I, I prefer it to the Derek Craven that we read. And when you want something simple and frothy and ridiculous, this, this is definitely this is, is the all one. of those. Yeah. And, it's, and I yeah. find it non-offensive or challenging. There's no bits of it where I'm like, okay, well, I've just got to get over the fact that this bit was probs rape and move past that, which with some of the ones that are silly and melodramatic and frothy kind of end up in that place yeah. for me. I have just get over the part where he's kind of treating her really badly here, but we're supposed to say, oh, it's romantic. And this has none of that for me. It's fine. Okay. I So I like how unchallenging it is. Awesome. Wrap it up then. Wrapping it up. That's all we have time for. Thank you again for joining us and tune in next time for more Trash or Treasure. treasure. And we'll bring you more spoiler-free recaps and potentially recommendations for whatever we read. Till then. Happy happy reading. reading. And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.